Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the state of California. Good afternoon. This is the state of California. Doug Sovereign is away. Today we are joined by Sonoma State political scientist, Dr. David McEwen. Yeah, the last week has been quite eventful in politics as we have seen the release of a draft opinion on Roe v. Wade from U.S. Supreme Court Justice Justice Alito, as well as growing worries about the state of the economy and a possible recession. Here in California, we saw the release by the State Department of Finance about shifts in migration to and from the state. And next week, Governor Gavin Newsom issues his May revise, signaling the start of a serious budget negotiation set in the Sacramento area. Professor McEwen, how likely is all of this to impact the looming midterms? Well, good afternoon, Jeff and Patty. And this is this messaging for Democrats and what to do about, for example, inflation, gas prices, state of the economy. It really has a different national resonance versus what we see here in California. And today's guest is someone who can talk about those differences because California always seems to be an outlier in so many ways. We've seen this, obviously, with the state economy and what surplus do we expect next week, but also at the same time with differences in the state's voters and what they believe. And so we'll talk a little bit about this backdrop and how the last week's events are going to impact likely Democratic messaging headed into November. We are going to bring our guest on right now. We're going to turn to the KCBS Ring Central Newsline and speak with Democratic political strategist and consultant Gary South. Thank you very much for talking to us this afternoon. Always happy to speak with you. How are you? Good. Democrats definitely want to take advantage of the leaked Supreme Court draft memo. How do they do that effectively? If you were giving advice, what would you say? Well, I believe it's a blockbuster issue. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, I've run, you know, several governor's races in California and two go- uh, lieutenant governor's races in California. And in all of those races, we, um, you know, did a lot of polling and did a lot of focus groups. And one of the issues that we always, you know, in California, it's a it's a fairly significant issue in terms of the population's support for a woman's right to choose is to see how that issue plays. And even in cases where I've had an opponent running against my candidate who was who was right to life or anti-abortion, one of the frustrating things to Democrats is that even pro-choice women, very liberal Democratic pro-choice women, would sit in focus groups and say, well, yeah, but, you know, we got Roe v. Wade to protect us. So this is a, this is a national blanket of protection over a woman's right to choose. And so, to some degree, the abortion issue in most of these races simply didn't motivate people. It didn't even motivate pro-choice women because they they felt they had a national protection through Roe v. Wade. But now that that is in danger and probably most likely will be, um, you know, abolished, it does put the issue back on the burner. And that is going to play in California in a way that massively affects Democrats. So let me just say one other thing. Um, 
the congressional races in California, and you know we have 52 seats. Uh, if the Republicans take over the House, uh, some of those seats probably will have to come from California. But if you're if you're a Democrat running in a congressional seat in California against a Republican, you have the right to say after the Supreme Court, if it does, removes the protections of Roe v. Wade, you have the right to say to voters, look, be careful who you vote for for Congress because the next step in the anti-abortion movement, and this is what they've been hoping for for 50 years, is a federal ban on abortion, not just lifting Roe v. Wade, but a federal ban that would come through the Congress on abortion. And that would affect everybody in California, everyone in the United States of America. So in that sense, it shifts the battleground on this particular issue and puts Republicans, I think, heavily, heavily on the defensive. And we'll see how they handle it. Gary, as we, as we look at this overall messaging for Democrats headed into November, you talked about uh, this particular issue based on the, the memo. It, what about the economy and or what you do with former President Trump and the GOP? How does all that filter out for Democrats in the November messaging? Well, I think that, uh, you know, you, if, you, if you just look at California and the electoral environment here, um, you know, Democrats are going to carry California overwhelmingly. I mean, we're going to win all eight statewide constitutional offices. We're going to win. We're going to keep our super majorities in the Assembly and the Senate. And I think that we will win back two or three congressional seats that the Republicans took from us in in 2020. Because the political environment in California is just not and hasn't been for literally two decades, with a couple of exceptions, the, the political environment in California simply is not amenable to electing Republicans. And remember that um, we we Democrats have carried all eight statewide constitutional offices every single election since 20 since 2002, except for in 2006, when the last statewide Republican was elected. And if you if you saw the secretary of state's voter registration statistics that just came out a, a while ago, Republicans were at about 24 percent of the electorate in terms of registered voters. They've now gone down below that 24 percent level and are down at, I believe, the last time I checked, 23.9 percent of the, of the electorate. And remember that in in because of our top two primary system, and this is something that I think a lot of out-of-state reporters don't understand, and you have to explain it to them, is that under our top two primary system, all of these races, congressional races, state Senate races, assembly races, and all eight statewide constitutional offices, as well as the Board of Equalization seats, all of those have only two candidates in the fall because the top two primary produces only the top two vote-getters, and then those two, regardless of party, move off to only a two-way runoff in the general election. And if you do the basic math, which isn't very hard, that means that in order to win a two-way runoff, you have to get an absolute majority of the votes. You can't do it with 46.8 or 48.1. You have to get 50% plus one of the votes, percent of the votes. And there is no Republican statewide who is capable of hitting that threshold, in my view, even if they end up in the runoff. And on the congressional race side, um, I think that this Roe v. Wade decision, if it is in fact a decision that will come down in a, in a month or so, um, really does change the dynamic in several of these competitive congressional races, all of which, by the way, remember, are being run this election under new lines because the lines were redrawn. The districts were reconfigured by the 
Citizens Redistricting Commission. And so all 52 of the congressional races are going to be run within new lines. And so you, you're going to have some Republican incumbents trying to defend their seats in districts where, where the, when they were elected in 2020 or 2018, those are brand new seats. And sometimes they're going to have 40 or 60 percent new constituents that they have to introduce themselves to. And so I think that Republicans are in danger if you look at the seats, the, the, the reconfiguration of the seats, the demographics of the seats. I think that, that Republicans in California are probably in danger of losing two to three congressional seats in this, in this cycle. And they were, by the way, on track to do that, in my view, based on the new lines and based on the continuing, you know, sinking of the Republican electorate in California. They were on line, I think, to do that before the Roe v. Wade uh, decision was leaked. But now that that's in the mix as well, I think that it's even more likely that Republicans are going to lose seats in California. Well, thank you to our guest, Gary South, a Democratic political strategist and consultant. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It is also available at kcbsradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.